teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on to the Baseline Podcast. We're going to do another lockdown catch-up because lockdown has been extended for some of my special friends in Auckland. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, thanks to everyone that's supporting. Um, I know I've yeah, been catching up with lots of lockdown, well, lots of people who are in lockdown in Auckland. And just like I say, send them my love, stay home, stay safe. One more week, like I just saw, heard the announcement from Jacinda before, one more week in New Zealand and, um, and yeah, hopefully Auckland can get to level three, get some takeaway coffee, get some uber eats um yeah so i've got my my good friend lou murphy a harbour basketball um awesome woman's baller in lockdown in auckland but um sparing some time in her busy day to to come and chat some hoops lou how are you doing today uh you know i've had better days but i'm, I'm going i'm getting through it <laughs> oh it's all good um thanks for having me though this is this is awesome you know being asked to do this on your birthday man i must be some some cool guy 100 <laughs> percent, no pressure but i had um the head like the head media person from the denver nuggets on this morning um so you two are on are on similar levels in, in my mind but um oh, no man, pressure. i'm not going to ask you about the denver nuggets pick and roll coverage um but to, to throw you under the bus because <laughs> i won't know <laughs> it's all right i, I don't know i don't know either i just I just ask the questions and and then see what people say in re, in response, basically. Um, yeah, so really good to get you on. We've been mates for a while, um, and we've I feel like we've we've had some really good discussions around women's basketball, and it's a really it's obviously something which you're really passionate about, and I've become more passionate about it. Uh, like I was always really passionate, but when I start to know people that I'm that I'm friends with or I'm connected with or players and administrators, then I've, I've become more passionate about it. And it's a subject that we need to be able to talk on more publicly. I, th I feel it's really important as we try and grow the game. And um, yeah, like I had Taylor Dalton on a few weeks ago, had a really, really great chat. One of my most popular pods, it was really, really good. And just talking about like, just, just being real about where we're at, you know, like we know that, Things aren't, uh, uh, there's things that aren't that great in the men's game and the same in the women's game. And we just need to be able to talk about it, have this public discourse um, and yeah, just be real. So before we rip into that, tell um, the listeners who don't know you uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, my name's Lou. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I lived there for about 22 years of my life. Uh, Mum and dad um, are from New Zealand. So basically... Before I even get into all that, because people are going to be like, how is that possible? <laughs> well, funny you ask. Um, so I was adopted. I was found on a railroad station at three days old um, in Nanjing, China. And then um, I guess mom and dad wanted to have kids, but, you know, they were at that age where they couldn't have kids. So they decided to come and adopt me, um, which I was very lucky and um, fortunate yeah. you know, to be a part of such an awesome family. Um, and then, so after that, um, I was in Nanjing, China for about nine months, I think afterwards, this is what I'm told. So who knows? I'm just, you know, good. we'll just go with it. And, um, I guess nine months. And then after nine months, I went back to Brooklyn, New York, which is where my mom and dad had some jobs lined up. So my mom was 
um, a professor at some top universities like NYU, Columbia, um, Pratt Institute, which is an art school for a lot of people. Um, I think it mainly is an art school, to be honest, but she taught English as a second language to a lot of Asian students. So that was quite cool. Um, and then my dad was a legal secretary for a lot of law firms in the States. Um, yeah. And then um, they obviously we talked about moving to New Zealand, um, I guess, all the way through my life. And trust me, I wasn't a big fan, to be honest, at <laughs> first. Um, you know, it took me until 2016 where I kind of didn't really have a choice at that point. I mean, I did have a choice and I didn't have a choice if that makes sense, you know, yeah. cause you're, you know, they're my parents. They've had me my whole life. Um, and they've obviously had a big impact on my life. So I didn't really want to disappoint them. And if you, do, if you do know me, you know, the type of person I am is I'm very caring and I definitely don't like letting people down. Yes. And when I do, um, I definitely, it takes a toll on me. Yeah, so, I get it. um, yeah, I just, I'm very lucky and fortunate. So, you know, I moved to New Zealand in 2016, um, and then, you know, kind of just started my life in New Zealand, which has been great, but I did all my schooling in the States. Um, I went to BMCC community college and then I went to St. Francis for about a year, um, studying physical education, which I didn't manage to finish, but yeah. Nice. Nice. It's your story. That's cool. So tell me. Like, so did growing up in the States and that, did that tell me how you grew to love the game of basketball? So I was just on a, another podcast actually recently with Hoop 33 and they asked shout me. Out Hoop 33? That, yeah. Shout doing out some, doing some awesome things. Um, and they asked me the same question and I didn't actually know how to answer that, to be honest, because I started, um, I played about five sports. So I did... Um, soccer which was my first sport and pretty much my longest going sport um and then basketball i did track and softball and then i did martial arts for about 15 years so um yeah i i did a lot of sports in my time at the same time too so the difference in the states i feel like they don't clash if unlike yep. new zealand all these sports seem to clash mm. <laughs> netball clashes with basketball and touch um clashes with you know whatever other sport in the summer softball um, yeah, so I started playing basketball at four years old, along with soccer as well. Um, and, you know, I just kept playing and playing and started getting picked up by these teams later on. Um, I started playing AAU quite young. So for those who don't know what AAU is, it's kind of like rep basketball just in the States. Um, but it's usually fully funded and we don't really have to pay for anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love basketball. I feel like, you know, a lot of people ask me, what do I like more basketball or soccer? And it's really hard to, um, distinguish, you know, differences between the two because I love them both just as equal. Yeah. Um, basketball does give me, me more of the freedom of, you know, showing off my handles and doing all these fancy tricks, you know, between my legs behind the back, try to make a three or, you know, um, and then football is more just you know, you're in that role. I was a goalkeeper all my life until I broke my face. So um, long story behind that one as well. But two cool. reconstructions later, I kind of had to give up soccer in that in the um, later future. Got you. Okay, that's brilliant. That's that's awesome breakdown for us. Um, yeah, the there's something about the game basketball that like, and so like I didn't start playing like um, more pickup and that sort of stuff. I played when I was at school. 
but until a few years ago, like, and I can, I can, I'm not a great player or anything like that, but I, you realize that there's so much more to it when you start playing in terms of like being able to, even just like being able to defend, like, I feel like when you hoop, no matter what the level is, it's like, you know, even just, we were talking about those runs down at ASB and I've spoken about those a few times. Um, it's just like, there's so much nuance and so many different things to like learn, like defense and passing and, you know, moving without the ball and screening. There's just so much. And like, um, even when I think about what I love about basketball off the court, um, when you can go and play and run around and like the, the friends that you make and the people you meet and like, there's just, there's so many different parts, which make it, yeah, which make it so great. So yeah, I appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, yeah, we're going to rip right in and, and, and talk about where women's basketball is at in the moment in New Zealand. Um, I, I'm obviously pretty outspoken. Um, probably, I think, um, you know, it has got me in, in hot water a few times and people who listen can either, you know, they can think whatever they like about that. Um, but like, I think I can always put my hand on my heart and say that I ride for the players like on both sides. Um, and we know that organizations haven't always covered themselves in glory in terms of treating the players well in New Zealand. Um, and there's a long way to go there. Um, I think there's been some strides made in the last couple of years in terms of getting the women's NBL televised. 3x3 yeah. this year will be televised, which is really good. Equal pay this year for, for men and women, which is really, really good. So we're seeing some some jumps in terms of um, things that are needed to help our women's game go to the next level. Um, but then there's also tough things like before it was postponed, the, the, the sales women NBA, women's NBL, um, our teams were going to be playing three games in four nights and then traveling on either side. And, and you know, if you're yeah. talking about elite athletes, I mean, th some of them will have jobs, obviously, because they, if you're playing in New Zealand, you can't, that's not going to pay you. Um, there'll be some p players that we paid, but be a lot of amateurs or people that just have paid a small amount. Very hard if you were coming from Wellington or Dunedin to play Thursday to Sunday, play three games in four nights or two games in four nights, and then fly up on the Wednesday, fly and then fly home on the Sunday or the Monday morning when you're thinking about conditioning, um, you know, the physio that's required and the strain on your body. So, yeah, t talk about a bit about where you think the women's game is at in New Zealand and just, just your overall feelings. Oh, for sure. I mean, yes, we know that you can be quite outspoken, but hey, that's <laughs> not a bad, <laughs> that's not yeah. a bad thing. Um, you know, you and I have had our, our debates and sometimes we take them a bit too far. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I guess that just shows how much we love the game. Um, and how we care. And, you know, how far we're willing to go, um, even if it does get us a little bit into um, the uh, deep side of the water, right? Um, but as far as the women's game goes, I think, I mean, I haven't been in New Zealand that long, to be honest. This is just going on five years for me in, you know, just past. So July 15th was my fifth year mark, which is awesome. Um, but I just think, you know, as far as the women's game goes, you know, we have made a huge leap and any little, I feel like any little difference is a huge leap for us in, yes. especially in the women's space. So, yeah. um, but a lot of this stuff isn't possible without, you know, behind the scenes and that's mainly how it starts. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, just working with Harbor basketball, for example, um, the amount of work that, that like Jody puts in behind the scenes is yes. Shout out Jody Cameron. And, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people that might not know Jody, but 
they or they might know her and you know of course she's well known right but you know from the outside in they might be like oh well what's happening you know because we're not we're not hearing anything or we don't really know what's happening so we're just going to put our two senses in there yes yes but you know i've kind of had the privilege and um i've just been really lucky to be able to work with her heaps and you know being coached with like I get to coach with her and you know I get to assistant coach with her and that's quite cool because I just get to learn the ins and outs and yeah I just think it really comes down to the people that are working behind the scenes yeah um but yeah no it's really cool that women get paid and you know we're getting the same as the men now and I think that's awesome but I don't think that would have happened overnight you know what I mean regardless of who was behind the scenes and yeah you know, a lot of people do try to compare the women's game here to the States, and that's just not possible. It's not fair. Because of the, you know, the demand of girls that we have here as opposed to the population that, you know, the States has. It's just not comparable. Yeah. Um, but I think the people in New Zealand have definitely done a really good job so far. Um, and I think, you know, basketball is one of the fastest growing sports in New Zealand right now. So, you know, soon I think netball will start dropping off. Um yeah. Sorry for the ones that love netball, but, you know, it's just facts at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think we're going to make some good strides. You know, we have some really good female um, hoopers at the moment, as you know, and, you know, the tall friends are just about to go um, on their FIBA. Um, qualifiers. What is it? What do they call it? For, qualifiers for Asia Cup. Yeah. In yeah. Jordan. So that that's yeah. Uh, really cool yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Some good breakdown there. Yeah, and I think I think that I would love to also see more media around what people like Jody are doing because it's right. And like I like I'm, you know, I would I think that the, that the game could be perceived to be better if people were seeing the awesome work that people like Jody are doing. You know, like imagine if um, Leanne Walker, for example, you know, um, obviously three amazing daughters, amazing coach, had an, like an Olympic career. If people like her and Jody were profiled and we were able to tell their story, just imagine if it was like a 30 or 40 minute like little documentary, you know, and I've seen, we talk about netball, you know, um, like us maybe about to go past netball in terms of participation numbers, but the way that their media is, you know, they're doing these awesome like 20 or 30 minute um, proper like doco interviews with past legends so that they can talk about the game and like talk about real things. And it's, it, when you look at these, you're like, what do these have had, you know, 10,000 likes and they've been viewed 60, 70,000 times. It's, it's really strong content around people who have these stories. And like, you know, some people didn't even know about who Megan Compain was up until, you know, like in the last year or two, because there's no content on this. You know, we haven't, we haven't put anything together that's going to show the strength of women's basketball from, the, from the 90s and 2000s you know and we've and we've come far in terms of participation but it's like if we don't continue to prop up the past legends and give the next like range of the next sort of um, pathway or the next group of kids those pathways and those um yeah show them who the past legends were it's like we're not we're just not doing it it's we're not doing what we should be so media side yeah yeah, not from the media side at all. And and I know that that does come back to money, but I would just love to see a bunch of investment. And it's good good time to talk about this because we see 
a whole bunch of new BBNZ positions. Dylan Bouch is the new CEO. Like, I think there's some really exciting things coming. You know, I see there's a new yeah. um, uh, head of um, communications, like a GM of communications for for BBNZ, and that person will come in and do social media and content and all that type of stuff. So I think it's a good time that, that hopefully we can come in and we can invest in and hopefully invest in the tool ferns media and be like, right, this this next time we have to be really, um, when are we going our next tour or whenever whenever it is, if it's the not this tour but the next one, we're going to decide to do some really strong content around our our woman around around the ferns and be like, you know, how can how can we provide a greater lens for our young girls to me? Be like, man, I love, um, you know, I love the these different players that we've got here, and we're going to Jordan and um, talking about what it's like in the locker room, what it's like on the road. There's just so much, and I think rather than compare to the states, it's good to compare to Australia. When I look at the Boomers, and I know the Boomers, um, and um, you know that that they that the Australian men's and, and women's national teams, obviously they have a bigger budget. They have more WNBA and NBA players and uh, the WNBL there is very strong in Australia too. Um, that's the women's equivalent of the Australian NBL. Um, but I look at the way that, that they've been doing their media and it's really like, it's it's just so professional and, and it looks, it just looks like a lot's been invested into it. Uh, and that obviously would help with sponsors too. So, um, that's something I'd like to see. You know, I'd, I'd really like to see, you know, us as a as a country be like, we you know, we want to try and model ourselves on the way that Australia does the at media wise, um, and then maybe that helps us attract more sponsors. Um, no, for sure, yeah, for yeah. Sure. I mean, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, I had no clue who Meekin Campaign was um, until last year. <laughs> I met her in go. the Harbour office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. And and so like, I mean. And for people that don't know, Megan was drafted into the WNBA as one in the, like the, in the first year. Um, and her story was like, and I'm going to get on this podcast eventually. She's been on a few recently, so um, need to give it a bit of a gap. But I read that she she had to go through the last day of tryouts, and she made like she was one of two selections of out of four or five hundred other women from the tryouts. Um, you know, went to the Olympics a couple of times. Like she was part of the golden era of our national women's and men's teams when you think about yeah them going to the olympics and then new zealand going to the olympics and then going so the women's team going to the olympics a couple of times and the men's team going to the olympics and the world championships and getting fourth you know it's all in about a five or six year space so it's yeah and it's about us paying homage to those previous legends and someone like megan is now on the bbnz board which is so good to see that we have when you consider her and dylan boucher you know we've got two past legends that are on the board um and they're yeah i mean we know that there's going to be a big investment in women's basketball in terms of the three million dollars that, that came into the um that's coming into the game with these new people uh, that are going to be employed and then we also have megan as well um from yours from your very standpoint exciting. yeah very exciting from your standpoint what what do you think what what other initiatives or what things could we be doing around the country and the regions because we see people like, um, you know, we see people like the Harbour Basketballs and Canterbury and these strong development systems. What could we be doing around the rest of the country to help the women's game grow in the regions and the places that don't have as much money or as much resource? I mean, 
I think they've kind of already started that, to be honest. I just don't know exactly where, um, who all do it. I think it's just association based, but like Girls Got Game is a great initiative. Um, just spreading yes. the, um, you know, spreading the word a little bit about the game to, you know, schools that you might not necessarily go to every day. Um, I think that's a great initiative right there. I mean, I've been a part of it um, just in the beginning of this year and it's, it's great, you know, and I think if we can target that or have more initiatives like that um, and just, you know, target the areas that might not necessarily get all the basketball that like a, um, Harbor basketball or Waikato or um, Tauranga get. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be, you know, I think girls got game is a pretty, solid base right there i just yes. don't know if you can beat that yeah 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 that's, that that's, that's a good one yeah and i think that the the more investment in the girls got game in terms of uh us trying to push back on a push push into and put more investment in that in the regions um because there are so much there's so much of obviously girls and boys talent in the regions um and the girls got game really really supports that um the we've also seen like the d league as a as a supplement to the to the women's NBL, which is which is a good thing, um, but and and it's good that the that the three x three, the men are getting paid the same. I so say the women are getting paid the same as the men, meaning that you know it's like right, I can take the whole week or two weeks off work or whatever it is, and I can invest in my craft. But if we compare to Australia, we we really need for the actual the the women's NBL competition. It'd be great. Um, and this is what Taylor Dalton said when she came on the podcast was she said it would be great if when these all these women that are playing, you know, JUCO, D1, D2, um, that sort of stuff and on, in American, on American scholarships could come back and make a, a proper living playing in our, in our women's competition rather than having to go to Australia to play. Um, is that, you know, is that something that you think can happen in the meantime? Like what, what do we need to be putting in place to, to enable that to happen? Oh, for sure. I just, like you said, um, you know, Australia definitely has that money yeah. um, that we don't have. Um, yeah. And I think it will just keep, it will come down to keep promoting and, you know, expanding our game. But to be honest with you, I don't really know too much about this um, yeah. as far as the money side of things go. So sorry about that. I don't really know. That's all right. On that. No, no, that's all good. That's all good. It's, <laughs> it's always like, it's always good just to like bandy these, these questions about um, and, yeah, think about about what it is that we need, and one hundred percent, we need we need these franchises to have the coin to be able to to pay these women the women's players like that. that but, that's what it I comes mean, down to, for sure. I mean, having having our girls play for our country is obviously yeah a bonus, and we don't really want to lose them to Australia. But I guess yeah. in saying that, for now, it's a good pathway. And you know, if you notice BBNZ and and everyone just around basketball, we always talk about pathways. Yeah. Yes. Um, and how we can get our athletes either to America or to Australia or Europe yes. or wherever, right? Or keeping them in the New Zealand system. Yeah. Um, of course, we want to keep our own. But in yeah. saying that, you know, those pathways are still good outlets for, yes. you know, our top athletes to go and be like, hey, I'm going to go to Australia and yeah. then come back and play for New Zealand, you know, and then yeah. go off to America and then come back. And, you know, just knowing that New Zealand's always the home base. Yes. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, representing your country is amazing. Um, yes. When I first moved, for example, when I first moved to New Zealand, I didn't really know much about the Toll Firms. I just knew it was the national team. And I was like, oh, man, that should be 
really good to be a part of. And for example, and I was like, oh, that should be easy to get on, you know, just because I was in the States and I kind of had that mindset. And now, you know, obviously that's a reality check. And I definitely know that it's not easy. It's hard. And it's kind of like anything. It's you have to work for it. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. And that's, you know, I expect it as opposed to. Oh, that's what I want, and that's a great goal. But now I'm gonna. What do I have to do to, you know, yes. get that yes. goal and make yeah. it a reality? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and and you're right. Those pathways are still legitimate. You know, like WNBL, uh, NBL one women's is like the NBL one. I was reading something about their social their social media and how you know they increase their followers by forty percent. It's a legitimate level of competition. Seeing a lot of mm-hmm. New Zealand women over there getting paid giving themselves a chance to, to, you know, play WNBL. And and then the WNBL is, is a great um, pathway then to the WNBA as well. So it's, I think it's exciting and, and, and those pathways still being there is a, is a massive positive. Um, in terms of coaching, so you're obviously doing a lot of coaching now, which is really great that you could, that you're able to, to give back and, and add on um, some of the skills that you've learned over the years. Um, what, what would you like to see, um, is there anything specific you'd like to see young female ballers working on? Like, um, is it a daily regime, like fitness, nutrition? Like, is there something? Is there is there a gap that you feel that the kids can can really get in, and or is it just stuff like you know, work on your left hand, um, work on your dribble, like work on your handle? Like, what what sort of advice can you give to our to our young female listeners? Oh, to be honest with you, I think you know, I love coaching, so. To be honest, I just love seeing people work on anything that they think they need to work on. But for sure, working on your left hand and your weak or your weak hand is definitely something that I recommend working on at a young age. You know, I'm 27 now and I'm just starting to use my left a lot more than I used to. I used to not ever go to my left. And, um, you know, when you start playing against some top bowlers and you don't have a weak, if you don't have a two strong hands and it's a little bit more difficult you know you can have all the handles on one side but as soon as they push you to one way you're you know to your weekend you're done you know so um I just think you know I'm definitely not the person to ask about nutrition if you know me you know Matt I'm definitely not the one to ask about that but um I'm not gonna throw out what I eat but um definitely don't eat the right thing sometimes um but no, as far as working, work on fitness is definitely a big one. Um, I think short sprints, um, even going for a long distance run is great. But then, um, for example, if we go for like a 10K run, it's not going to be very beneficial, to be honest, for a basketball player. Because in basketball, as you know, it's very short and sharp, quick movements. And yeah. I just think 10Ks is a little bit excessive. Um, yes. But I mean, I've gone and done a 12 hour challenge, so I can't really speak too much on that, but definitely handles. And I think handles are very important because if you can't handle the rock, then you can't really do anything else, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, you can handle the rock and facilitate, give good passes and that leads into good shots. But I just think handles is definitely a good one. And I yeah. think if you're um, a young female baller or just a young baller in general, work on your handles. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What about... Um... What about shooting? I, I feel like now we're seeing like, you know, there's young players like Jordana Davies is a good example. We're seeing like young bigs. Um, Lily Talele is another one. Like we're seeing young bigs and, that are able to shoot. And, and in some ways, actually, there's there may be more young shooters that are bigs that are females in the, in the high school scene 
um, than the men, which is which is awesome to see them to see that side of the game being embraced. Um, in terms of shooting, like what are some drills that you can recommend for people, and how important is shooting in today's modern game? Oh, I think shooting is one of the most important things because you know the goal is to get the ball in the hoop, right? So. Um, you definitely need to be able to shoot the ball. Um, so a lot of the drills that I love to go to, and I think definitely perfect your shooting is form shooting. So anytime you're about to shoot, um, just get in front of the rim and, you know, maybe shoot 50 on one side of the net and then go 50 on the other and then 50 at the top of the charge circle, you know, and then try to just do that all the way to maybe the free throw line. Um, but you're doing it with one hand. Um and then you can add your guard hand in there and then start shooting that way as well. Um, but, you know, as you know, shooting is all muscle memory. So the more shooting you can do, the better. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah the form shooting is technique. the form shooting is huge. Um, I remember the, the Steph Curry Masterclass app and, and it just it just talked about how important it was to do the form shooting. And if you looked at what Steph Curry's drills were, it was so basic. Like he wasn't, you know, he, obviously he was doing stuff off the dribble when you do that later. Um, but it was basically be two steps away from the um, from the rim um, and, you know, do five perfect makes without touching the rim. So, um, you know, all net and then go two steps back. And then you would you would do that and, and she would do five perfect makes there going go back two steps and you would basically do it all the way back to the three point line. Um, and so you couldn't move on into the next spot until you'd done the five perfect makes. And it made me realize like that, that was, you know, this is available to anyone. It's only about $200. So Steph Curry on masterclass is a really, really good app. Um, but it was just, it made me realize that the type of commitment of kids want to get better, that this is what you need to do, you know? So in the end it's 125 shots. So, and it's going all the way around the key with, with the, those perfect makes. And it's just, it's just kids knowing that that to succeed with your shooting, um, you have to be locked in and be like, right, my feet set, get my hand right, and just be looking to have to go and train at a level where you're locked in. You know, maybe have your if you have your headphones listen, li and listening to music, that's fine. Um, but don't have your feet all over the place. You know, don't just be when you come in to warm up in the gym before a game. Don't just be mucking around like. I had um, one of the Saints in the other day, Kenneth Tuffin came on and talked about um, how, you know, you get locked in and when you're doing your warm-ups. I think there's lots of lessons around, like, there is time to muck around when it's with your mates, but when you're training before a game, in a game, like, well, locked train in. With a purpose. Yeah, train with a purpose. Yeah, can you just talk on, on how people can train with a purpose in terms of maximizing the time that you have in the gym to train? Yeah, for sure. I just think, you know, training with a purpose is very important. You, like you just said, you can come in and, and muck around for three hours and not actually, you know, get anything done. Um, so for example, when I go in the gym, um, I like to warm up, you know, I like to do everything at high intensity. So if I can be out in 40 minutes to an hour tops, great. You know, they do say, you know, an, up to an hour and a half and then cut it off. Um, anything more than an hour and a half, I think is kind of just it's a waste, you know, because you're not really working at high intensity then, you know. So in a real game, you're not really playing for three hours. You're just going to play for a hard out, like hour and a half of stop clock. So, um, you know, working on a lot of shots, you know, sometimes I go in the gym and do a three minute run, um, you know, just to get my heart rate going um, and then do a lot of shooting. I, I focus a lot um, on my ball handling. 
Um, and that's pretty much what I do. Um, and then I get out in like 40 minutes, um, yeah. sometimes an hour. Got you. Yeah, um, that's good. So yeah, no, I think it's very important. Yeah, yeah, the intervals. Yeah, in terms of the amount of time you should be training, that's that's awesome advice. Um, we're just going to switch tack a little bit and talk about um, talk about mental health. Um, I think mental health is a really important discussion, and I'm trying to have more of this discourse on this podcast where we're talking about things that matter. And and um, it's cool because you and I are able to have these offline. Obviously, we have these real discussions, and and it's really really important. Um, how can how can players that are come up? How can players that are coming up, you know, through high school and maybe representative? How can they do better at like taking care of their mental health and um, trying to have balance in terms of training and spending time with family? Do you do you have any tips around how people can take care of their mental health, especially young players? Yes, I think, for example, time management is definitely a big thing. Um, I know a lot of kids, you know, including myself, you know, play a lot of sports, so. A lot of these kids now are playing like five or six or seven sports at a time, which is great. Trust me, by all means, it's really good to, you know, get out there and play all these different sports. But I think it is quite draining as well um, on an individual. You know, you're going from touch, you're going, you're going from touch to athletics, to swimming, to whatever else you guys play, softball, um, underwater hockey, you know, basketball. So it's quite, I think, draining on the body and, you know, you kind of need to, especially at a high school level, you need to start kind of um, specializing in one or two sports, you know, and some people say two sports is too much. But um, I just think, you know, time management is is key yeah. in that sense. You know, you don't want to burn out at 10. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And I think that I think that um, that definitely it's easy to for kids to play five or six sports and not get any time with loved ones or not get any, any time for their for their body to recover. You know, especially when you're young, you can have serious injuries because you don't let your body recover. Um, and I also think, uh, and I want to have a big chat around this um, uh, on, you know, on, on I want to chat more about this on podcasts. It's the, the dangers, the pros and cons of social media. Social media can be used as a real positive tool in terms of helping with recruiting, um, you know, that, that kids get kids do get offers for scholarships um, through Twitter. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but, but, you know, this is somewhere that coaches can come on and see people's highlights and what they're up to and, and also to promote um, and give kids more of a platform. But I think it's important to realize that kids can be bullied on there. You know, we can see people being nasty and, and maybe even sometimes not seeing context around games um, where maybe someone might get, you know, posterized in a dunk and, but they might lose by 40. And I think it's just important that here yeah, it's cool. Like I love seeing a great dunk where someone gets dunked on, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it's cool. Or someone hits an amazing three or um, some grit does a, a great um, move off the dribble or something like that. But it's also important to realize that someone on the other end is just a, a person or a kid at the end of that, someone's daughter or son or what, or whatever it is. And it's important to treat, that person with respect and just realize that yeah it's important to get a highlight but it's more important to be a good person to you know what's more important to win the game you know like yeah dunks are good but you want to win the game be a good person treat your opponent with respect so yeah i think there are i do want to try and have this more more of the discourse around social media because i obviously do a lot of social media stuff and i've you know i've seen situations that even this year where um a family that i know and i'm close with um yeah, one of their 
kids struggle because they were getting some some nasty messages on social media and that was that was kind of upsetting for me when it was someone that I cared about and it's tough because yeah. I like to use to use social media to help promote our kids because our kids don't get a lot of love down here in New Zealand you know a lot of our associations and clubs don't do a lot of stuff on social media and that is what it is but I like to give kids their flowers and and, and you know and celebrate them for having really good performance it's the performances it's I think it's really important to to um just build to build our kids up but also to obviously see the dangers do you have any advice for kids around using social media and 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 how people can sort of have some balance with cell phones and technology and stuff too yeah i do actually um yeah i would would say you know because we're always always on our devices i mean i pretty much can never put my device down um so I just, I think, you know, knowing when to post and what to post, you know, what the appropriate thing um, would be to post. And for example, you know, you kind of had, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but um, you know how um, you posted some stuff about, for example, the women's game. And I know that a lot of people agreed with it. A lot of people had their queries about it. Um, and that's okay, right? Everyone has their right to their opinion. Um, but I just think it's, Sometimes the way that people go about it, you know, um, that can get us into a bit of trouble. So um, I just think being very wary of, you know, your viewers and just, yeah, getting the point across the right way as opposed to just bad mouthing it or saying your um, feelings, but a little bit too extreme, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm really making sense. No, no, you are. You are making sense. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think. I think definitely sometimes it's easy to to yeah be really passionate about something and and yeah maybe not maybe not get it right and and maybe um yeah things might come across in the wrong in the wrong way and that's tough because social media emails text whatever it is you can't like you don't have body language and you're not seeing it face to face so you can't you can't always pick up on on those types of things so that does make social media difficult um and yeah I'll be the first to admit that I haven't always got all that stuff right, um, but like you, like you know, I I want people to do things better in terms of media. Like I I need to do the same myself, and I think it's important that we that we teach our kids. Like you know, if if you're going away for a rep tour or something, or you're trying to get kids scholarships, or I don't know, maybe you're going to the US on a tour or something like that, bring someone in and give some kids some advice on how to teach themselves around social media. Like I try and keep myself up to date on the things that that are happening in the media world and and um yeah try and work on on trying to come across better there and i think that it's important that we understand what our kids technology is you know like if your kids on tiktok and and they're they're 14 like do do you know do you know what they're up to on there if you're a parent you know like yeah um you know what's that tiktok can be quite explicit It, it can be tiktok can be like it's it's definitely not for little kids, you know? So yeah, I, I think that, um, that it's important to educate our kids and, and our players on the do's and don'ts. Cause you know, if you're going to be getting a scholarship or going, trying to go to the NBA or whatever, and you're posting bad stuff about women or you're, you know, using drugs or, or drinking alcohol at a young age on those pages, it's going to impact your, your ability to get a scholarship, you know, or you might change sport or you could, I don't know, maybe you're doing something completely different. Maybe you want to get a music scholarship. If you go and do some dumb shit on your social media, there's a chance that you may lose that opportunity. That's the way of the world these days. 
So, yeah, I think it's yeah, important. Yeah, for sure, to- especially, you know, being a coach and, you know, coaching young females and all the way up to, you know, under-19s. Um, for example, I had to change my – because I had a lot of my players on my personal account, but it's because I only had one Instagram account. Um, but then, obviously, when you – do things that you don't necessarily want your players to be seeing, like, you know, drinking or whatever, having a good time. Um, When you're off the clock, it's not exactly professional. So I had, you know, I wanted to, you know, change the platform a little bit, have my personal account for my personal stuff, and then my coaching side for just the coaching coaching stuff, you know, Um, and not put my personal stuff on my coaching page, you know, just specifically have all my drills and any coaching sessions I do have that on that page and then all my fun stuff on my, my page, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's fear. Yeah. It, and, make, it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's fair. And, and like, and, and I get that where it's like, Hey, um, it's it, sometimes for people, it is important to keep their personal and their work stuff separate. And I'm, I'm good with that. I think, I think social media and life, it's about, you know, creating boundaries and um, yeah, figuring out ways that you can continue to grow by, by just saying, Hey, yeah, I'm going to, keep this separate and and it might be my um my private my private my instagram is going to be private in terms of my personal one um but it's because this is this is private and this is important to me and i only have 45 friends on there or whatever it is you know and it's like just because you do it one way that doesn't mean that someone else should do it that way you know you people should have boundaries around social media and it's important to to set those boundaries and and um yeah it's a that's a really it's a really really good lesson there um, the, one of the questions I've been asking my, my people that are still in lockdown that come on the pod, is there any advice you can give to people for surviving lockdown? Um, oh. and I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you about the 10 packets of burgerings you've eaten today, but just, oh, I've not had that. <laughs> just, ripping you, my just ripping you on your diet. Um, can you, no. is, is there any advice on, on things that you have been doing that have been good or advice that you could give to people that are in lockdown? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, work out as much as you can and try to stay as fit so we can get those um, beach bodies. That's kind of my goal at the moment. Um, I do have my days where I'm like, oh, lockdown, but um, I'm also trying to kind of take a better approach to it um, as best as I can. I mean, no one's perfect, right? So when I heard that announcement, I was like, oh, I had a feeling it was going to happen, but I was also like, oh, darn it, sauce. I really don't want to be in this lockdown anymore um but no i think you know like i said eating a lot of food is is great more on the healthy side is probably the best way to go (laughs) don't really follow my diet it's probably not good um but i have eaten pretty well on this lockdown which is good um yeah just like i said stay active you know connect with your friends online this is a good time for you to like have zoom catch-ups and work on whatever you need to work on. Like for me, I'm jumping on a lot of Zooms anyway um, to catch up with my players and um, also just jump on other coaches' podcasts as well and not podcast Zooms, um, just to get better as a coach. Um, But then I guess the people that are struggling, like I just said, reaching out to people is definitely, I think, the number one advice that I want to give out. Um, Yeah, if I think without my friends, it would be quite hard. Um, I also live with some really cool people, so that definitely helps um, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's good. And I, and I, I know it's weird that we we have to use lockdown to to connect with loved ones, but I think it's really important. Like, a if you're struggling, reach out. You know, I always say like my DMs are open. Like, 
hit me up if you're struggling and and you know like the basketball community has done so many good things for me and for a lot of people and like so send people a dm and be like hey i'm struggling or just say what's up you know i appreciate your work or whoever it is just reach out and reach out to your loved ones and um check that they're all good um yeah get on a zoom and listen to music with people or you know you can play or do a bit of online gaming you know if you're into online gaming and and you haven't had a chance to play a bit because you've been working a lot then get on jump on with your friends and, and catch up and and spend time with your loved ones um yeah yeah so no, really sure. i just caught up with mum and dad um earlier awesome. today i've been catching up with them quite a bit um you know because they live in wellington and i'm up in auckland so and I just got to see them right the day of the day before um, we went into lockdown, oh, so nice. I was like, oh, which is great. But then um, I think they're glad too that I didn't stay there for lockdown. <laughs> as much as you know, you guys really? are beating us right now, and the, these levels going decreasing for you guys, and we're still in level four. Um, but I still think mom and dad are um, grateful that I did not stay with them because <laughs> you would have driven them mad. I would drive them nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i knew it i knew it <laughs> yeah it's good and that's the tough part about it is like man if you're not used to living at home or you know you haven't spent so much significant time with someone it is tough like you guys are going to be coming up like five weeks level four so i get it it's not it's not easy yeah um i mean five weeks level four and i can't go to hoop nation at this point so i'm a little bit you know yeah that's so, tough man yeah. that's tough like i don't obviously not sure what's happening with with um yeah, like the secondary school nationals, BBNZ secondary school nationals. And it's obviously tough to not, for Auckland, not knowing what's happening with them being able to, to come to Hoop Nation. So yeah, it's difficult. Um, but we, we send, yeah. we send our love to, to all the people in Auckland and, and hope that, that they're all good. Um, but then in saying that we got, you know, we have to be, especially me, I need to be, you know, grateful for what I have anyway. So, um, and learning how to do that in a more positive way, you know, cause I mean, let's be real. I'm pretty lucky. Um, so don't don't take anything I'm saying right now as a negative. I'm just um, reflecting. Yeah, I'm very grateful for where I am right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's a little bit difficult for me though. Sometimes you know you have your days. We're all human, so yeah, it's just it's it's setting a time limit, you know, on yeah. it, and then just moving on from it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and it's tough to feel that way. Some you it's important to try and control your thoughts and 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 try and help yourself to feel better. I'd be like, man, I felt shit for an hour. I'm going to go for a walk, listen to some music, do something that I know is going to make myself feel better. Um, and yeah, that's, that is really, really important. Um, we're going to close this, this pod out now in 45 minutes of, of really awesome chat. And uh, I appreciate so much Lou, the part of the, the basketball community that you are like, we're quite similar that we're both introverted, both talk lots, um, probably or not probably do definitely drive people nuts from time to time. Um <laughs> But um, but I yeah I appreciate <laughs> yeah most of the time I appreciate yeah your energy and yeah the part that you play in the in the uh, the women's basketball community I know that like you've you've got so much experience in terms of the different teams and places you've coached on and like I yeah I love what you do and and I just hope that you continue to push um to keep impacting young kids' lives like through coaching it's so awesome and um yeah I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day and. Yeah, I hope you keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thanks, Stevie. I really appreciate you having me on this um, podcast. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. And I hope you have a really good birthday. 
<laughs> um, and I also hope that you have a great time at Hoop Nation because at the rate we're going, it doesn't look like I'll get to see you there. But at least I got to see you now. So that's the main thing. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm not going to get anyone jealous um, about <laughs> Hoop Nation before um, yeah, before we come out of our level no. two one here. But, um, but yeah. But just make sure. Yeah. I'd, sorry, I do have a message for you. Yeah. Please make sure you give Jess, Paul, and KJ a big hug for me, okay? And my favorite <laughs> of all time, Adia, please give her a big hug. <laughs> 100%. And then obviously Kaya and Lyric, because they'll tell me that I forgot about them. <laughs> it's all good, yeah. Pretty, yeah. Obviously, shout out to to all the Hoop Nation fam and um and the rest of the basketball community that, um yeah, I haven't been able. I was hoping to catch up with everyone at secondary school regionals and, and Nats, and hopefully we'll still see like some sort of a Nats go ahead. But yeah. Um, yeah, shout out to not just our Hoop Nation fam, but the rest of the basketball community that are doing tough. Hope to see you at Hoop Nation, um, and and if not, um, if not the secondary the secondary school Nats as we know it, then maybe maybe something else that we hope to go ahead, depending on the alert level. So yeah, thank you yeah. to 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 you for coming on, Lou, um, imparting some wisdom on this podcast, and um, yeah, I hope to see you in a few weeks or a month, hopefully. Yeah, sounds good. Fingers crossed. Appreciate you. <laughs> awesome. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.